welcome to ServiceNow Tech Bytes, bringing you an inside look at our products. I'm your host, Steve Miller. Today we're going to talk with product manager Caitlin Morse and development lead Justin Harden about a new ServiceNow product, Digital Portfolio Management. It's a new way to manage your company's apps and digital services. Stay tuned. Today, I'm happy to welcome Caitlin Morse and Justin Harden to our virtual studio. Welcome, Caitlin and Justin. Thanks so much, Steve. Yeah, it's good to be here. Well, we, before we start talking about digital portfolio management, maybe you could tell our listeners a little bit about what you do here at ServiceNow. Caitlin? I am a product manager within the IT service management team, and I own the digital portfolio management product in addition to service portfolio management and another product we call Service Builder. Oh, so you're busy. How long have you been here at ServiceNow? I've been here for coming up, I think, on five years. Um, It's kind of hard to remember. I actually joined through an acquisition, and um, I started on the experience side of things as a UX researcher. And then I recently moved over to the product space about two and a half years ago. And how about when you're not at work? What do you like to do? Oh man, I love riding my bike. Um, that's probably one of my favorite things to do. Uh, I used to race before I had a baby. And so now that uh, I have a baby, that takes up a lot of my time. Well, that sounds fun. And how about you, Justin? What's your role here at ServiceNow? Yeah, hi. I'm a, a development uh, engineering manager and I lead the team that is building digital portfolio management. Okay. And how long have you been here? I've been here for about two years, uh, and it was interesting because after 10 days in the office, uh, it's when uh, COVID hit and we uh, all got sent home to work from home. And so um, not a lot of in-office time, but uh, about two years here at ServiceNow. Okay. Yeah, I was just going to ask if you'd actually had a chance to be in a facility or meet some of your some of your workmates. Sounds like not so much. Yeah, well, we're, we're just starting to get back into the office. And so there's been a couple of times where I have been able to go in and work in the office uh, here and there. So it's just about back to whatever the new normal is going to be, I think. Yeah, new normal. That's right. And how about when you're not at work? What do you like to do? Uh, I'm really into the ocean. I'm a scuba diver. I'm an underwater photographer. Uh, I keep saltwater aquariums. I love know all about fish and invertebrates and all that kind of stuff and corals. And that's, that's my passion. I love to travel, uh, scuba dive travel is a big thing for, for me. So do you live by the coast? I do. Yeah. I live, I don't know, six or seven miles inland because, uh, prices, but, uh, go down to La Jolla shores quite often and go diving there. And it's beautiful here in San Diego. All right, well, let's talk about digital portfolio management. So to start off, for people who aren't familiar with it, I wonder if you could give us a quick overview. Like, what problem does digital portfolio management solve, and and what does it do to solve it? Yeah, so digital portfolio management really came through a partnership between the strategic portfolio management and then the IT service management teams. We seemed like we were solving for the same persona, and had two very different solutions targeted to those personas. And so when we talked to customers, we would always get feedback that the experience wasn't great. It was very inconsistent. Um, They had to go to different places to access information. And so that actually led to 
our target persona not using ServiceNow. And so we saw a really good opportunity to solve for them. So what we did was we created, um, you can kind of think of it like a workbench or a dashboard that pulls in data uh, related to services, offerings, applications um, that that person owns. And it brings it into a single UI and then pulls data related to those things across the end-to-end lifecycle. So plan, build, run. And then we also incorporate things like risk and general information um, about that entity. And so that's really what we wanted to do with, with DPM was to support that user. And that's how we've started about with DPM. Okay. Well, it sounds like DPM is a fairly specialized product for a a certain group of users. Um, What type of users or what type of organizations are going to get the most out of it? Um, Well, so um, what we're seeing right now is any organization that has data around business applications or uh, services or service offerings would benefit a lot from uh, digital portfolio management. And ideally, you know, you're tracking some indicators, right? Maybe you're tracking availability of a service or a CSAT or customer satisfaction of a service or, you know, it really any indicator. But, you know, for me, if, if you have business applications, services or offerings or application services defined in DPM and you have some kind of telemetry data coming in, you'll get a ton of value out of DPM. Um, like Caitlin said earlier, DPM does plan, build, and run. So, you know, you can also look at things like inputs, right? Like um, demands and, and uh, you know, uh, different ideas uh, through continuous improvement management. So, so there's really a, a lot to offer in the, the plan and build phase as well. Yeah, Caitlin, how about from the product perspective? What's your take on it? So we have a, a specific persona. We're kind of calling them a solution owner. And the reason why we're calling them that, because so many times when I say that to someone, they'll say, well, I don't have anyone in our organization that's called a a quote solution owner. Uh, But we're we're using that term to represent anyone who considers themselves uh, or wears the hat, if you will, of a service owner or a product owner or product manager or an application owner or even like a, a service delivery manager, someone like that. Someone who has end-to-end accountability of at least one service or offering or application. And that's really who we're targeting. So someone who wants to see their services and apps in a single place, and they want to see data about those things from the end-to-end lifecycle. That's really who we're targeting and who we think will get the most value out of the product. Okay. Well, it sounds like you talked about their apps and their services. It sounds like there's a couple different ways to slice and dice that. Their might mean ones that they are personally involved with, and another might be that their organization is involved with. Can you talk about that distinction between organizational and personal? Yeah, definitely. So we there's, there's, if you're looking at a service record, for instance, we have an owned by field or delivery manager, there's stakeholder fields, um, business owner fields. When we're talking about um, someone who owns it, really, we're kind of looking at that owned by field. But we know that ownership of something doesn't happen, or I should say, maybe in a different way, it takes a village. So we know that there are many different people who are involved in owning, managing, delivering, 
um, and ensuring the success of something. And so um, what we've done is we've created this feature called personal portfolios. And so in DPM, a user who has a DPM manager role can log in and they can create their own personal portfolio, which means they can add whatever they want to that portfolio. And by whatever I want, I mean, it needs to be a service an offering and a business application or an application service. They can add as many as they want to that portfolio, and then they'll get visibility and access to um, those detailed views of those solutions in DPM from that personal portfolio. So they have a lot of flexibility to see what they want and how they want to see that. And then the contrast to that is the enterprise portfolio. That's right. So the enterprise portfolio is really the service portfolio from service portfolio management. Um, so the portfolios, the taxonomy, the services and the offerings, that structure, that's something that's typically created by um, the organization or by an IT department. It's, it's something that's recognized as this is the structure of our services. This is how we're organizing them, uh, either from a financial point of view or maybe from an organizational point of view or just a simple way to categorize all the different services that they offer. We also surface that in DPM, um, and we call that enterprise portfolios to help differentiate from the notion of the personal portfolio. Okay, good. So two different views of the of the company's inventory of offerings. Okay, well, we've been chatting here. You've mentioned uh, how digital portfolio management, application portfolio management, and service portfolio management. Can you tell us more about how all three of them work together? Yeah, I'll do my, I'll give a take on that. And then Justin, if you want to um, share from the, like the technical point of view. So for more like the business point of view, um, application portfolio management and service portfolio management, those are the practices of where you define um, and you manage applications and services. And they have like a specific table structure and that's sort of like the source of truth. Digital portfolio management sits almost, you could think of like visually on top of APM and SPM and pulls in data from those products and surfaces it um, in a consistent manner to give that um, holistic view of the apps and services that someone might own. Um, and so really like I like to think about as a visibility layer, it's not replacing either one of those products. It's just bringing stuff together, like you mentioned when we started talking about it, bringing it together in one place. Exactly. And providing consistency so that when someone goes and looks at a business application, the layout of the page, what is included in each of the lifecycle tabs, the fact that you can go find information from the record and related items, like that framework and that layout is consistent, whether you're looking at a service or an app. So no matter what you're looking at, you know where to go to find it. You can expect to see a certain type of information. It's not these like wildly different experiences that cause a lot of confusion and just really decrease the user experience. Okay. Well, and Justin, what's the, from the dev position, what's your take on that? Yeah, no, Caitlin did a great job explaining that. I, you know, how I think about it is uh, DPM is sort of broad, but kind of shallow, right? We don't uh, go into all the details of all the individual functionality of APM or ITSM, SPM. 
Um, but we do give a really broad you know, view across plan, build, and run. Uh, and what I'm excited about is we do that in a consistent way across the business application table and the uh, service tables. And so, you, you know, it's not like living in two worlds. It's, it's all DPM. Uh, it's easy to look at the state of a service or an offering or a business application consistently. You can go to the plan tab and it exists on both entities uh, and kind of see uh, where your planning cycle's at or if there's any new work coming in and that kind of stuff. And then for run, the same thing, right? You could get to see more operational type metrics and we're really driving consistency between the two, ultimately trying to create a cohesive dashboard and, uh, and workspace that allows you to take action on what you're seeing um, that brings together these two different ways of looking at your, your um, applications and services. Yeah. Um, a couple of times now you've mentioned KPIs and metrics for monitoring uh, performance and, and other aspects of apps and services. Can you say a little more about that? Yeah. So there's kind of two different types of, of monitoring. And the first type is, of course, real-time production monitoring, where you're looking at hardware metrics like CPU utilization and memory. And that's not what we're trying to surface to our users in DPM. Really, we're trying to surface the higher level view, like overall, have I had any outages? Uh, and is there a pattern in outages? Do I see my availability missing my commitments? Um, things like that. And so what our users can see pretty quickly is where they need to spend their time and attention. The best example is right on the homepage. We try to surface things that matter, right? Uh, things that you care about. And so you don't have to like dig through a big taxonomy to find an issue. It's there right for you on the homepage. Yeah, so it's bringing up things like CSAT and availability, things that, that your users that are important to them help them serve their customers better. That's right. That's right. So if they have uh, incidents on, on one of their services, for example, um, they'll see that right on their homepage. Uh, they can drill in and they can see what impact that's having on, um, if any, on availability or, or CSAT or any number of other uh, metrics that they can define. Okay. And, how about, and Caitlin, how about from the product perspective? What's your take on that? Yeah, so I, I think Justin really, really nailed it in terms of how we wanted to approach this, trying to provide a roll-up of key metrics that really help the owner understand what's happening with, with their service or their app. It, it's not necessarily like a, a snapshot in a moment of a day, you know, with the CPU. It, it's more holistically thinking, how are we improving? Where are we needing to further invest to improve what we're offering to our end users um, or to other internal stakeholders and giving that broader brush approach. And one really cool thing that we did was we introduced this concept of KPI groups. And so what that helps or allows our users to do, especially within the service portfolio, is we do ship out-of-box KPI groups um, that to get you started, but you can create your own KPI groups that basically pull in PA indicators. So any kind of an indicator that you've already created potentially, or you could create a new one, as long as it has the right breakdown. So breakdown meeting by portfolio or taxonomy or service or offering, um, as long as you have the right breakdown, what we do is we allow you to associate KPI groups to one to many 
portfolios, taxonomy nodes, services, and offerings. And then we report on those KPIs on every level that that KPI group exists. And we have this uh, concept of inheritance. So if you introduce or if you create a KPI group for a service portfolio and you add it to that portfolio, all of the children of that portfolio will now report on those key metrics. So you can track and assess availability, for example, on every node service offering and then all the way up to the portfolio in DPM. And then the other cool thing about KPI groups is you can create KPIs that are specific to an individual offering or service. We know that not all not all services are the same. And so metrics or indicators that you care about will likely be different. And so this is, is something that allows the flexibility to report on different key metrics depending on the offering or the service. So it's pretty cool. I'm, I'm very excited about it. And I hope I hope our customers are too. Okay. Well, it sounds like it's, uh, for one thing, the product is tailored to try and bring out KPIs and metrics that are the most important. And also it's highly configurable so that users can focus on the ones that are the most important to them. Would that be fair? Absolutely. We, we try to give a good starting point so that there's you know less hurdles that you have to overcome to get up and running with DPM. So we do provide some KPI groups, but we recognize that those likely aren't going to work for everyone. And so they can be edited or you can create your own fully. And then all you have to do is map those KPI groups and you're up and running. Okay. Well, I wonder if you could maybe give a couple of examples, like a couple of different user situations, uh, specific ways that they might customize things for, for their own particular needs. You know, I'll answer the question one way, and I think Caitlin will answer it from another direction. So if you look at the number of tables that DPM um, surfaces directly, it's over 60 tables, and it surfaces functionality from uh, 13 different plugins or store apps. And so we bring together APM, uh, financial planning, agile, change, audit, risk, <laughs> compliance. Um, we integrate with alignment workspace. We integrate with service builder. And so there's a ton of stuff that we can surface. Uh, and we do, we have over 250 different pieces of information that you can access, uh, across DPM. Now, what we're seeing is that, you know, not all of our, all of our customers use um, all of that functionality, right? Like they might use projects, but they don't use the agile concept of sprints. And so with configurable workspaces, uh, one of the things our customers can do is go through and kind of prune out or remove uh, temporarily the components that we surface in DPM that aren't applicable to them. And so that's a really powerful tool um, where our users can pretty quickly and easily have a tailored solution that's that's configured by them without a bunch of engineering effort on their part. So they configure it by trimming it down. That's that's yeah, that's definitely one of the things that we've seen. They can also um, add their own tables. One of the things we saw that was kind of cool is one customer really looked at their services and applications through Teams, and they had a custom table um, tracking those Teams, and so. With zero configuration, they're actually able to go into the My Lists function in the list module in DPM and add their custom table and really uh, get a lot of utility out of the box with, with zero engineering. You know, because ServiceNow in the platform is very configurable sort of by its nature, 
um, it's pretty easy for them to you know add uh, that new custom table to DPM uh, to create a screen that associates that with the in this case, business application, and really allow the customer to navigate to the plan, build, run, overview workspace screens that we've built um, kind of through their own lens or through their own custom tables. Okay. Well, and Caitlin, how would you, what would you say about customizing? Yeah. So I also own the service owner workspace, which we are in the process of decorating deprecating to be replaced by digital portfolio management. But one of the the main reasons we even did that, and one of the main reasons that we are so focused on making this configurable and enabling customers to make it their own is that you could not do that with service owner workspace. It was so rigid, specifically with the, the metrics. So any kind of metric that that a customer wanted to show had to be shown on pretty much every single offering. And that just made it incredibly difficult for customers to actually get real value out of service on our workspace. And so we kind of started off the bat with KPI groups, which gave a ton of flexibility. I mean, it's built on UIB, so customers will be able to, you know, basically take our pages as a starting point, copy those, and then make it their own so they can really go, you can go nuts and, and totally change all the pages that we ship. But uh, one of the other big things which Justin was talking about was wanting to just be able to very, very easily, like with a system property, turn on or off a specific like section of content on a tab or even turn off an entire tab and then be able to turn it back on when they're ready to use it. So a perfect example is we've we've talked to a few customers who they're really focused on the, their run data and they have that pretty much set up and ready to go. So they can very, very quickly get started with DPM and just show data on that run tab, but they haven't been aligning uh, like demands, for example, maybe demands haven't been aligned with the services or offerings. And so those will not be showing up in their, um, in their tabs. And so instead of having a blank tab, they were saying, Hey, can we just hide this? Can you give us a way to just hide it? And so that's what we're working on now, actually. Um, and we're planning to deliver that in our next release, which will be in August timeframe. Um, so that's really exciting. Um, and then like I had mentioned, so oftentimes we'll ship a ton of metrics and a, and a customer will be like, listen, I only really care about this one. Availability is huge. So anytime I talk to a customer, they're super excited about availability. So if a customer wants, they can trim out all the other KPIs and just go with our out-of-the-box availability reporting. And again, get up to speed really, really quickly um, with that particular metric. And again, they can add it to one service and offering, or they could add it to all of them. Um, there's just, there's a ton of flexibility there. Um, so that was kind of one of our key goals with building this product is making it flexible enough to really support and meet those individual needs. So if I've just installed DPM on my ServiceNow instance, what do I do next? What do I do to get started? Yeah, so uh, you just installed DPM, and the very first thing you should do is really identify where your data is. There, and there's really two places that the data kind of keys off of right now. And the first one would be the ITSM Service Portfolio Management view of the world, which is all about uh, CMDB CI service uh, and CMDB CI technical service and uh, business services. 
And if that's where you've defined a lot of your offerings, then it's all about going to the enterprise portfolio view, looking at the taxonomy, you know, going in and, and just seeing that your services and offerings are there and um, application services. One of the things that we're seeing our customers do is like we've talked about this a lot already, but their KPI group set up. And before you get your KPI group set up, you have to get your indicator set up. And before you have indicators set up, you have to have data. <laughs> you know, for example, are you tracking incidents in ServiceNow? And if you are, then um, make sure that you have your, you know, your uh, performance analytics indicators uh, set up to track those incidents. And a lot of these come out of the box, especially with uh, at the SPM, Service Portfolio Management Plugins. Um, so they may or may not be working already. And then each indicator usually has a nightly job. And so it'll run nightly. So that's the very first step is to make sure that you have, that you, you know, you're tracking something, that your indicators are set up to look at it, and that they're running every night. And then once you've got that figured out, then it's all about KPI groups and mapping those to your different services or offerings or even portfolios. Uh, and, and then you start to get really cool visualizations. You get to see breakdowns through your SPM taxonomy where you can sort of group different services and offerings together and you get uh, breakdowns on key metrics and, and that kind of stuff. So it starts to get really interesting really quick. And, and I won't go into too much more detail on, on that side of the house, but it's again, it's really all about uh, services and offerings and application services and then the data behind it. Um, for business applications, it's it's somewhat the same. Um, the core table is different for that side of the house. It's just the business application table. For that, um, we're looking at key pieces of data. Like the, the way I always go to business applications is I um, I create a personal portfolio for those. Because business applications don't um, exist in an SPM taxonomy, it's easier for me to just add my business applications to my own personal portfolios. Uh, and so I do that. And then you'll, you'll start to see your business applications, any issues or anything associated with them, you'll start to see those show up on your homepage. They'll be in your personal portfolio, making them really easy to find. And you'll start to see you know, things like inputs on the plan tab, right? If you're using ideas or demands, uh, you'll see those. Um, there's tie-ins to Agile 2.0. Right, so if you're using epics or stories uh, or projects, you'll start to see those show up for business applications. So again, it's all about the data, right? Like, are you as a customer associating the different artifacts, right? The the projects, the epics, the stories, the sprints, the releases, the changes, all of that stuff. Are you associating those to your business applications? And if so, then head on over to that uh, business application uh, view in your personal portfolios. Um, you can also do incident tracking and problem tracking and change tracking, and you can start looking at things like that are called deployments, which gets into application services and that whole view on the run tab of business applications. And then um, there, there's a lot of data on risk as well with business applications. And so if you're you know, watching things like uh, risks and remediations and attestations and engagements and all that kind of stuff, um, that's all there for you if, you're, if your data is there. All right. Well, thank you. Uh, Caitlin, anything to add to that? No, I, I think Justin's right. Like, look at where your data is and then go to DPM, turn it on and see what shows up. You know, I think that's also a really great way to see where your gaps are. And then where you can start to remap things or where you would want to focus in the product itself, like Justin mentioned, either on the services side or on the business application side, or ideally both. Okay, good tips. 
Yeah, that's a, that's a great answer, Caitlin. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> So can you give us a glimpse into the future? Like, what do you have planned for DPM on the horizon? Yeah. So like I mentioned, we're really focused on um, ensuring configurability and flexibility to make sure this works for for folks. So um, that's a a huge priority on our roadmap. The other thing is um, expanding or building out some of our DevOps data, as well as our risk data. So Justin mentioned we have risk on the business application. And more and more, we're hearing the need to expand that to services and offerings. So that's also something that that we're looking at. How can we bring in um, risk more holistically across the the DPM experience? And then the last thing is, or not the last thing, but the, the other thing that I'll highlight is we are um, also working on creating a relationship map. So a visual way to see the relationships between services, offerings, business applications, app services, all that. How do we we show those connections and those relationships in a really visual way? So that's that's another exciting thing on the ma- on the roadmap. Okay, well, Justin, now you know what uh, what you're going to be working on for the next year or two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What I'm what I'm really excited about is just um, you know the, the because of the broad nature of dpm and really the holistic higher level view that we're trying to get to our customers there's really no limit to the different data we can integrate with there's you know so much awesome product out there in the ServiceNow world and you know we can bring more and more of it together over time and and make this uh, uh, less of a kind of a siloed experience and and really make it easy for people to see kind of what's going on in their business at a glance without digging through a bunch of UI. So I'm really excited. All right. Well, before we wrap up, is there anything else either of you wanted to mention? I mean, I guess I would just say stay tuned. Uh, We're fiercely building and improving uh, DPM and can't wait to share uh, where we're headed with it. Really excited about it. Yeah, that's a good one, Justin. So I'll piggyback off that one and say, you know, we we did our first release in February, and we have released a second time in May. So we're we're targeting a quarterly cadence. So this thing is so new, and we're always looking for feedback. We're looking for input on how we can make this better, make it more usable. So please reach out to us, find us, uh, and let us know how we can we can better suit your needs and, and make this thing. Okay. Well, good. Well, we hope users will uh, post questions and suggestions in the community. Awesome. And speaking of that, in general, where can users go for more information? We have awesome product documentation. Um, please go there to check out basically getting started. We're also working on a, a video and that will be available on the product doc site as well. There's also some materials on now create that you can use on, on how to get started. And then I always suggest joining the digital services working group, especially if you're a service oriented customer, that is an amazing forum for sharing best practices, examples, collaborating, seeing like new things that are coming out and getting direct access to different experts within ServiceNow and different product leads in ServiceNow. It's, it's an exceptional working group to be involved in. That's digital services working group with John Spierko. Okay, thanks. Uh, Justin, anything to add to that? Yeah, you know, one of the things that is new and not obvious is how to do configuration in UI Builder. 
And so uh, for the engineering folks out there, if you go to developer.servicenow.com and you go learn courses, you should see a section called UI Builder. And there's a bunch of good training content out there around creating pages in, in UI Builder, around using components and just how the whole thing works. And so if you get into DPM and you want to add some controls or, or change some things around a little bit, we're really starting to get some really good documentation on the developer.servicenow.com site. All right. Well, thank you very much, Caitlin and Justin. Thanks for joining us and giving us this good overview of DPM. Thanks so much for having us, Steve. This was really fun. Yeah, thanks. That was fun. Please tell us what you think of this podcast. You can leave feedback or ask questions in the ServiceNow community. For more information on any ServiceNow topic, take a look at our product documentation or knowledge base or our ServiceNow support YouTube channel. Thanks for listening.